is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brand Drama Coast, Nick Dan is off on anniversary duty this weekend. Nick, uh, run around the West Coast. Uh, with his uh, beautiful wife Terry enjoying a a puppyless vacation, I believe. Yeah, they're uh, they're really going to be slumming it this weekend, uh, as as you know. <laughs> yeah. Between those two, um, there will be Michelin star dinners. There will be craft cocktails. There will be some tie to Disney that I'm not sure of yet, but but will come up. I mean, these two are about to, you know, go on an adventure. So uh, hopefully, San Fran yeah. treats y'all well and. Uh, we got Dan back for KSL. Don't you worry. We we got to bring the whole the whole fam together. Me, you, Dan Tweeds, doing a three parter for KSL and with some hidden goodies because the people yeah, people try and copy the format. Just saying, just saying. So, good luck. Yep, good luck. Good luck this year. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna be tough. Uh, all right, but to kind of prep everyone for KSL and all the goodness next week. Um, there's a lot of talk about Marina Granovskaya coming or going, staying, whatever may happen. Regardless, the transfer window uh, in businesses is pretty much going to start happening now that the takeover of Chelsea has officially happened. So uh, episode 199 is past and present, a transfer special. So Nick and I have gone through. Uh, there's a lot of just club updates in here. Um, obviously, transfer updates from our, our journalist friends. And then we're going to go ahead and, and look at our previous best and worst transfers. Uh, we put a bunch of stuff out on social and in Discord, so we got a ton of listener submissions, which will be fun to react to, obviously. Uh, and then we'll also do a who do you want and who do you not want? Who should we be avoiding? So, Nick, anyways, uh, before we get into all that, uh, just another reminder that uh, Chelsea are coming to the United States of America, and uh, we will be around and want to hang out with these people. Yep, we anticipate a ton of Americans being there. Um and oh, and, oh, oh, oh no, oh, we did it. Uh, yeah, so Jeez. look, it'll be a lot of fun. We've already had people message us saying like, hey, I'm going to be at this location or that location. So uh, look, uh, as soon as we have like official plans, we're still working on it. Um, and by we, I mean me. And by me, I mean slowly. Uh, so we're working on all that stuff. But just know uh, if you're like, oh, those guys going to rain check on us. So they're going to whatever. No, flights are booked. Airbnbs are booked. Dan did that before he left for his, uh, his or, uh, anniversary weekend, I should say. Uh, and so uh, we are going to be there. What we are doing, TBD. But uh, excited for the tour, obviously, and excited to see as many of you as possible. All you need to know is we're going to be there, right? Fun will ensue. Uh, regardless, a uh, friend of the pod, Matt Law will be there. We're waiting on Naz, obviously post-surgery number two. We're not really sure how mobile he's going to be, but, uh, you know, we met Simon Johnson, uh, in Minneapolis, we actually met Naz in Minneapolis too. It is a good time. Uh, Chelsea fans know how to find each other. So, uh, if you're on the fence and you want to hang out with us, definitely, definitely get involved. So, uh, let's go ahead and start at the top of this one with, uh, some very, official news uh, from Naz saying Chelsea FC is open for business once more. The, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, uh, they found our uh, to-do list when we go to <laughs> to Stanford Bridge, Nick, and uh, everything is open. We can go back. There you go. We were just there. We just barely missed it. Uh, <laughs> Mega store open. Everyone's buying merch and their world champ stuff, which, of course, you know, we got lucky and we were in before the thing <laughs> shut, but uh, that's all good. 
the tours in the museum, this is great for our friend Adam Burridge and those who lead tours. The We were, you know, given a little sneak tour while we were there a few weeks ago. Adam and team have been doing a fucking amazing job of putting the museum in just tip-top shape. When you go there, the deed for Chelsea Football Club, the original agreement, is on display, which blew my mind. The trophy room is absolutely fucking insane, what they've done with that. Like, it is unbelievable. Go get a tour from Adam or any of their fine associates and help support them because they've been closed for a couple months, and uh, that's that's no bueno. Uh, good old Frankie's, if you're looking for a, a nice cold carling or something there, there's that and then the hotels you know if you're looking to book your trip for next year the hotels will be open so lots of fun stuff uh, we have a functioning club again no sanctions new owners let's go gotta gotta love it we we shared beers with emma hayes and frankie so clearly a special mm-hmm. place for us um all right first one uh kind of hinted at it earlier at the top uh, Mariano granovsky is set to leave the club in august which august is important that we clarify uh, after seeing, after overseeing Todd Bowley's $200 million spend with Atletico Madrid sporting director Andrea Berta in line to replace her at Stamford Bridge, it's coming from Sport Build in Germany. Uh, just interesting here, Nick, in the sense that it's August. Obviously, we want her to pretty much finalize the transfer plans that they've been working on uh, during the, um, you know, the the lack of a license, I guess, you know, kind of unable to sign people. And then in August, once the new season kicks, that is pretty much the right time to bring someone in because they're going to have the entire season to learn the club and get ready for the next big transfer window, which is obviously next summer. Yeah, I mean, who knows how real or not this is. I think we should clarify about all these things that we'll talk about. Like a lot of them are, you know, just kind of the the latest and greatest. So who knows how official they are. We obviously, when when, when Matt knows something, we feel like it's pretty absolute. So uh, we'll put it there. But yeah, I mean, it would make sense if she left, uh, you know, I mean, she has done and, uh, you know, I think overall done a really good job at Chelsea. But, you know, it's it's kind of a natural breaking point for a lot of, you know, kind of the upper level staff. Uh, and so it won't be a huge surprise to see those folks leave and for Todd Bowley as the new owner uh, and, and operator of Chelsea Football Club, um, along with Clear Lake to put their own people in place and. Who knows if Andrea Berta is the right person for that role? I'd be intrigued to see what what those who know sporting directors uh, better than I uh, would say about Andrea Berta. But um, yeah, I mean, anyone with sporting director experience—that's a automatic plus for me. I wonder if he's the guy who gave Saul a six-year deal on Mega if Money. So absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but look, he's made Atletico, you know, they always find bargains, right? They sold us Diego Costa, uh, you know, they got Luis Suarez, uh, you know, they had Cunaguero before he went to City. I mean, Atletico have always been really good at identifying young talent. Coke was there. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. So if he was there during that regime, which, again, we're not going to research it until it's far more concrete at this point, um, definitely some upside. But, you know, to the next point, you've never really had someone in that role. So it's, it's going to be different. We uh, haven't had someone in that role that operates like a true sporting director does like mm-hmm. you know marina's role was very unique in in the footballing world and that was like if if she's able to uh get the word from roman or convince roman of a thing then that's what happens sporting directors have a little bit of a different role so it'll be interesting i mean i don't know new beginnings all over the place uh next one 
is kind of interesting that Chelsea's new regime might consider adding a former player to the club's board of directors. Such a move has proved successful in Europe. Uh, Bayern Munich have legends Franz Beckenbauer and Uli Hoeneß, uh, who are honorary presidents at the German club. And Edwin van der Sar is chief executive Ajax. That is coming from The Mail. So again, uh, highly speculative. Uh, I think you put Czech. I was thinking maybe a, like a like a Terry, but the problem is Terry wants to get into coaching, so he's probably not going to be around and available. So I immediately reminded myself that that was dumb. But you feel like he would probably forego coaching for some kind of role on the board. Yeah, I mean, it depends what role it is on the board, right? Like if it's just you know have a face on the board, then then maybe. Um, but, you know, then if, if that's the case, then when you want Drogba or Cole or you know, Jody Morris, yeah, Jody Morris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to party, you know, let's bring Jody on board. Like, let's do a thing. It. Joe Cole, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It really depends. Like if this if this person's going to have a serious like, uh, you know, say around like a stadium operation or, strategy, yeah, like anything like that, then, yeah, you you'd want to classify what type of, of person you want to bring in there. Yeah. You assume it's probably more about like playing culture. Um, and probably honestly, it's more of a fan, uh, conduit role realistically. Um, you know, Chuck kind of did it during super league. He was the only one willing to show his face kind of from the Chelsea hierarchy. So he's definitely, uh, put himself in a really good spot as far as, um, you know, any advancement in, in career. So maybe he can put his hockey goaltending aside for a little bit and uh, climb the ranks at Chelsea. Per, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, apparently, Christian Pulisic has some praise for uh, Todd Bowley and company. There's a quote that came out. It says, this is from his time with the U.S. men's national team, quote, at the end of the season, we were able to meet with them, Todd and company, and they were around the club a lot. They are really good people, so I'm excited moving forward, end quote. Look, what is he supposed to say, right? I mean, this is the same guy who removed Chelsea from his social media profiles and immediately asked for a social media manager. <laughs> I mean, Christian is doing things, but he's always going to want to talk up the owners who write his checks. And and if he does want to leave, he should probably put him in, in, in his good graces from the beginning. So I think this is just, you know, politicking at its finest. And I think it's just professionalism. Uh, unlike... Unlike his mullet, this is a good decision. Um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, like you said, like he's not going to talk trash about him. But uh, this is also, you're hearing this from like a number of people who have met Bully and Co., right? Like this is not like an inconsistent story with uh, with how the, the owner is being perceived uh, with folks that are meeting him. I mean, even fans that have met him say they've really chilled down there, time to earth, like, um, so anyway, like I, I think it's interesting because Pulisic is kind of in the transfer saga now to like whether he stays or whether he goes. And, you know, I think that'll largely be determined by his valuation and if he actually wants to play under a Tugel system or not. And if other players go in his you know kind of preferred position. So who knows? But, um, you know, 
kind of a consistent story with the owners. Yeah, I think that you firmly plant him in that group of players that would be allowed to go. And I'm sure he's got his agent putting feelers out there to make sure that they don't get caught off guard, especially if it's late in the window, which Chelsea typically do. Um, and I, I don't think that's any surprise to anyone. Um, Chelsea are probably going to be shopping him. He's going to be shopping himself, and they're just going to kind of see what what comes about of it. Maybe so. Maybe we won't be last-minute people anymore. Have you thought about that? Maybe that's a thing that could happen. Probably not, but maybe, <laughs> maybe next season. Uh, you know, what I just thought of is that the January transfer window is probably going to be absolute chaos and carnage because it's after World Cup. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you got to have your Ugh. classic World Cup signings already. So. T- just, just skip the window, no matter what. Call up the youth. That's that's my oh thing. My. Uh, on the pitch, so Rudiger officially leaves, uh, but our boy Naz, oh my gosh, what a scoop that he pulled up out of this one. Uh, he he tweeted that, quote, I looked at why Antonio Rudiger left for Real Madrid. Remarkably, Chelsea had him tied down to an extension for an extra year without a pay rise, but ultimately decided against doing the deal in October 2020. He goes on to break it down saying Antonio Rudiger was willing to forego a pay rise in October 2020 to renew. Then he became one of the world's best defenders in the Champions League run. Many Chelsea supporters look to new signings, but the handling of contract negotiations is going to be key again this summer. And there's Reese James and Mason Mount talks to come to. And that's his synopsis. Uh, the only caveat I have, Nick, is that October 2020, Lamps was there. He was in and out of the side. He is not the Rudiger we know today, but just knowing that Chelsea had themselves set up in this position, Rudiger was willing to forego a contract or a pay rise to do this. You just are like, oh, I would love to wind back the hands of time on this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, This is, it, it, look, there's nothing you can do about it now. It, it wouldn't have changed anything. He, he was going to leave, right, because he's getting like an absurd pay increase from the uh, new champions of Europe. Um, who are not Liverpool. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really excited uh, about that for him. But it's just interesting to see how quickly things can change, right? October 2020, not playing. January 2020, playing. So, you know, it's just it's just one of those deals that, like, you know, if he, if he would have not bet on himself, right, then he'd probably still be here. But he did bet on himself and now he is so yeah a galactico almost i mean not really but um this whole running down the contract on a free you know i was looking at goal the number of players that are doing that these these days is is amazing honestly players used to never do it because obviously they were just worried about you know letting their future go uncertain and now it is not even an issue these players are just totally um you know, doing it and then getting these massive uh, transfers. I, I think that's it, though. This is this is the theory that I have about about the you know the winding down of the contract. Right? Look at Lukaku. Hundred million pound transfer bust. Right? Has to carry that hundred million pounds on his back every everywhere he goes. Instead, think of him as if he came in for a free transfer and scored fifteen goals for us. It's a lot better, isn't it? Uh, even if he was an idiot, he was still a free transfer, and now we're paying just his wages. And if you're a player, 
that mentally has to just be freeing. I would say in addition to that, you know, my, my guess is with the world economy the way it is and, and clubs that are clearly in debt like Barcelona and Real Madrid trying to sign people and stuff like that, like if they could convince anyone to run down their contract and not pay an absurd buyout clause and say, hey, but if you do this, we're going to hit you with the most absurd bonus of all time because it's pennies in a jar compared to a hundred million pound transfer fee. Right? Like I think that's the move now. And it's really interesting to think about that compared to where the whole Roman era was at Chelsea, where we were overbuying for, you know, mostly mediocre talent. And so I'm, I'm curious to see if that's going to be the trend that sticks around. I think it would be better for the world football economy and, and everything like that, if it were, but it would also really hurt if you're a club that developed a player like a Mason Mount or Reese James and they just kind of let their contract expire so they could go get a bonus somewhere. Two sides yeah, of the coin. It, yeah, absolutely. Clearly they're a lot less worried about the, the uncertainty and, um, I don't know. It's just it's been an interesting trend to see. I mean, and it puts the players, you know, firmly in contention, you know, to really, you know, I guess leverage a completely different deal. You know, they also have six months to do it uh, domestically or they can even sign right away in January and just have it over with. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, some of it complains about Chelsea, right, and the board. Uh, the, the Rudiger negotiations were difficult. Then they proved impossible once we literally could not sign him again. Um, let me just kind of look at the defense. You know, that the fact that we have so many players out of contract in the defense or down to one year. You know, I, I'm old enough to remember when we used to bash the shit out of Arsenal because they were terrible <laughs> at um, um, managing contracts and, and kind of their squad and, and players running them down. So I also think a little bit is on Chelsea for letting us get in that position. But again, with Rudiger literally you know a year and a half ago he was a squad player Mm -hmm. and now he's one of the best defenders in the world like uh, that's a little unlucky but again Christensen all the way down Aspen was down Conte it is just a weird weird time so uh the clubs have to get smarter and adjust to maybe trying to lock players down further out than 18 months yeah I mean speaking of uh Aspie uh who's been the subject Brandon of of a rumored move to Barcelona, a club that isn't really solvent right now, if you read any of the news, and the fact they need a 750 million pound loan, or euro loan, I should say. Uh, but there is, there's been talk by Super Deporte uh, in Spain saying uh, Cesar Azulacueta is acting discreetly and without making noise to reach an agreement with Chelsea to allow him to leave to Barca. He had the commitment of the former owner to facilitate his departure in hopes the new ones will respect him. Who knows, Brandon, if this is true or not, but it would fall in line with how he's been at Chelsea. Just a classy guy all the way to the end. As P, you know, I think that sentimentally we, we want to keep him. We love him, especially when we lifted all the trophies in the last you know, since Porto last year, you know, he's literally won the lot. You know, he's what, like a seven million pound signing, like pound for pound, best signing in the world, you could argue. Uh, he played three different positions for Chelsea, kind of four, you know, wing back, right back, left back, right center back. Um, was an amazing captain, but, you know, I think at some point you kind of got to move on. And I think we're we're getting a little bit emotional, but if we look at it kind of on pitch and depth and, 
you know, players like Levi Colwell or apparently, um, you know, and just or maybe even signing new players. Uh, obviously, um, you know, we have some center backs to, to sign. It sounds like Kunde's coming in if that does happen, which we'll touch on. Um, then it would kind of make sense to, to let him go. So um, no surprise that he's doing it the way he is. So um, classic Capitan. And obviously he'll, he'll be a Chelsea legend forever. So even if he goes to, to Barca just to be in Spain for the last couple of years of his career where he started, you know, in that country, hard to blame him. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and hit uh, ad break. Uh, but when we're back, we're going right back into Lukaku um, because apparently he thinks he should talk to owners and uh, tell everybody what he's going to do. But uh, it's a big contract he signed. So anyways, thank you, sponsor for Financially Supporting the Show. And we'll be right back. All right. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well... It's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in, you know, we're all focusing on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it. It, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Nick, I did that little TikTok for Eshawn talking about like your favorite player, your best win, all that. And it was most disappointing player. And I think that in our season awards and everything, it's like the player you want to see more of. Like Lukaku's name is that is on everyone's list. And and you said it earlier, a hundred million pounds signing. That's just to sign him on the roster. Then you got to pay him another quarter of a million a week or whatever it is. And now he's like, yeah, you know what? I guess I am ready to leave. Uh, and, and, and you're just like, what, like, what are we doing here? The Gazetta, Gazetta Dello sport saying, remind little cockers agreed personal terms with Inter Milan. Who gave you permission to go talk to Inter Milan and agree to personal terms? What the f- are we doing? Yeah. He is such a nutcase. This is, he's actually on a faster ramp out of Chelsea than he's at a United, but it's the same bullshit play. Go on loan, take a wage cut do great because, oh, someone loves you. And then the rest of the world sits back and goes, where the fuck was this the last 18, 24 months? Yeah, I mean, so I'll, I'll share my thoughts on this uh, after I read this, but the, the report from uh, Gazetta is that uh, Romelu Lukaku wants to leave Chelsea given his bad relationship with Tuchel. Inter are ready to sign him on loan only. 
Uh, Lukaku is ready to sacrifice half of his current salary of 14 million euros a year plus bonuses. Inter have already made overtures to Lukaku's new representatives because he fired his old ones. Uh, the figures being discussed would be a huge 20 million pound loan fee for the first year with a fixed price around 65 million uh, written to sign him permanently in 2023. Positive conversations between uh, the Nerazzurri and uh, Lukaku's lawyer. The player's willing to cut a salary, yada, yada. Uh, and then, yeah, he's agreed personal terms. So this to me. Where is Chelsea in any of this? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like you don't have a contract right now? Like, I don't. I don't get it. Uh, also, if any of this happens and the fee is less, like the total fee is less than 70 million pounds, I think Chelsea should sue him <laughs> because it would it just stinks of like, I don't know, it stinks of, of corruption to me. Like it's a 100 million pound signing. He can blame his agent for convincing him to do it all he wants. He can fire that agent. But if he goes back to Italy for anything less than 70, it, it feels like a plot so that they could get their finances in order and not pay him what he's worth. Like I just, the whole thing stinks. Uh, you know, at this point, if he's already talking to him and if this is true, we have to caveat that with, you know, this is the reporting that we, that we have as, as of today, who knows if it's true or not, but if it's true, see ya. Look, he's under contract until June 30th of 2026. As Joe Tweeds likes to educate people on amortization, we, you know, you got five year contract is roughly 100 million. That's 20 million a year, right? So to your point, you're asking for 70. That's within the ballpark because his his value is only amortized down to 80, right? And then you have all these wages that you're paying, and. like the loan fee is probably just going to damn near cover his wages plus a little bit. And then you still got the book value of him. So like Lukaku, this is what happens. These players will sign these super rich contracts. And then when it doesn't pan out and they want to go on loan, the finances don't work. We, We talked about this with Kepa. Kepa couldn't go on loan because of how, how much we had to amortize every single season. And he was on high wages. So Chelsea just kept him and we're like, look, we're better off just having him on the books and trying to get something out of him. In fair play in the last 18 months, they've gotten a lot out of him. But again, Lukaku, I don't give a shit about your lawyer. I don't give a shit about Inter. I don't give a shit about your new agent. I don't give a shit if you've agreed personal terms. Like, you came back, you pitched the Chelsea fans and the board and the management that you were this changed player. You work your ass off you bang in the goals and we've seen little of that this season. In fact, you gave an interview in Italy talking about how much you love Inter, which is fine. like okay, look, I'm not naive. You had great times there. But you weren't even at the club 3 months. Like what the fuck are we doing? And and, and now you're going to do this thing and you're demanding to meet with the owner like good riddance, I'm over it. Like Lukaku, you like have awareness. Your your awareness score is like 20 out of 100. He just doesn't get it. He continues to put his foot in his mouth. And as fans, we're just frustrated. Oh, yeah. Like, we've been through a lot this season. All we're asking is the players who earn serious money to just show up and try. Kai Havertz, look, missed a lot of chances, but he tried every single time he's out there. Yeah, I mean, it's just the sooner this is over, the better, frankly. Um, Because a player that does want to uh, hypothetically play Chelsea is Connor Gallagher, 
a player with the most pressures in the Premier League last season, uh, a player that was on loan at Crystal Palace who did wonderfully, was on loan at West Brom who did wonderfully, uh, said, Brandon, I don't know, to be honest with you, the loans have been brilliant. To be honest, every, he's very honest, <laughs> every loan team I've have been at has, has been an amazing experience to meet all the new players, guys, staff, managers, et cetera. This is a very coy answer to the uh, to the real uh, insight that, yes, I would like to go play for the current champions of the world. Thank you very much. Look, I bet he does love going on loan because he's crushed every single one. I remember he was killing it somewhere. I don't remember at this point. But then in the middle of the season, they plucked him out and put him at Swansea. And then he went and killed it at Swansea. Like, this kid is... And then West Brom and obviously... City, I think, maybe? Yeah, it was something like that. I'm actually looking it up right now. It was Charlton. Charlton. You you were right there, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he was there for six months. Boom. Pulled him up to Swansea. Boom. Then he goes to, essentially, West Brom. Right? Kills it there. Uh, Pretty sure he wins an award. One young player of the year at Crystal Palace. And, And now Chelsea are looking at their midfield going, hmm... We really could use some reinforcements. Obviously, Declan Rice being talked about. Um, you know, Tuchemeni, not as much anymore. But clearly, the midfield is um, is a priority. Mister Stick put a ton mm-hmm. of of graphs and stats in Discord saying, actually, you know what? Chelsea create more, or we we finish at a higher rate than I think it was like Man City or something like that. It was something crazy. But they said the problem was we didn't create nearly the amount of chances they do. So by you know by just statistical analysis, they're scoring more because they're creating more chances. So then you say, oh, we actually need midfielders, not attackers. And I'm sure Tuchel and his staff are really aware of it. So both, um, we look, need both. Yeah, for for sure. And oh, by the way, Nick, half our defense left on freeze to Barcelona. So um, fun, fun stuff. <laughs> uh, we got goalkeepers. I think yeah. maybe, maybe Kepa might go. So actually, we might need a goalkeeper. So we'll get there, <laughs> top to bottom. Uh, but look, I think a lot of Chelsea fans, if Connor Gallagher is not in the squad next season, are going to be a bit miffed. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Effort guy will will give it all. Very much in the in the Mason Mount Reese James category so yeah more of that please yeah when you say hustle and effort guy did you see what england tweeted today the clip of connor i did not no oh it was great um so essentially it's jack Grealish in frame which you know they're trying to get some some jackie g content uh a sloppy pass gets played into him connor out of frame comes flying in sliding intercepts it pops up buries it in the open net uh, in training, and so it went from a, a Jack Grealish clip to uh, Connor Gallagher hustling uh, and creating something for himself out of nothing. So, uh, like I said, we I think we all want to see Jack, Connor G Jack, in the squad. Jack Grealish in a race with Romelu Lukaku to become the worst hundred million pound signing ever. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Well done. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Uh, apparently, Emerson is continued to learn English and um, is is a big fan of Chelsea, according to Goal. Uh, Emerson Palmieri will be happy if Thomas Tuchel says that his future lies with Chelsea ahead of preseason talks that will decide his future. Um, you know, he he went on and talked about the fact that he liked that Chelsea came in for him in January. Uh, it seems like Marcus Alonso is it wants to leave. Um, again, probably just a natural time that makes sense. 
Um, he's a bit of a cult hero for Chelsea, but he's not, uh, you know, well-rounded of a player as you probably want in that position. He's much, much more of a specialist, which again, it should be no surprise to anybody. Palmieri then it's just him and Ben Chilwell, who's coming off a serious injury. You know, Palmieri's probably going to bet on himself. And so well, we obviously need depth in that position, Nick. Gone are the days of three, four left backs at Chelsea. So um, it seems kind of on, on paper like an easy just slot and play for, for the team. He knows Chelsea. I think he's been on the books for three years now. Yeah, almost. He was in that weird <laughs> January Conte window after the Zappacosta window. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a really good, good year by all accounts uh, on loan and I'm kind of of the mindset myself of just like I don't know if they want you we'll sell you we'll bring in Ian Monson uh, you know and you know let's just do it when I needed Emerson was in January and we didn't get him and so I would like to not uh, do this again thanks I think that uh, you know we'll have to see you know, like I said, I, th- I think he's an easy answer. You don't have to negotiate shit. You already got him on your books. You just decide if you want him or not. Yeah. But I, I, you're not wrong. January was exactly when we needed him. And it would have been really interesting to see how the rest of the season would have went. Um, but anyways, I, it's nice that we have a, an easy option in our pocket, Nick. I think uh, that's what we can all agree on. Sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, now let's leave the Chelsea world and look abroad and outside of Chelsea at potential transfer updates. So um, first one uh, is, a, is the RB Leipzig. Um, Christopher Nkunku. Uh, apparently, the first club to make a bid this summer transfer window are Chelsea. And the player is unconvinced by the Newcastle project. Weird. And that is according <laughs> to L'Equipe. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, Christian Nkunku apparently is, is top of the board for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean... Stats are absurd. Um, I know people have, um, and, and I think, well-earned hesitations with uh, Bundesliga attackers coming to Chelsea. Um, Nabi Keita. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Matt Law basically told us he's a stats person's dream. He is loved by basically every club who could afford him. Um, so, I, you know, I'm... I think he's more of a 10 than he is, you know, like a forward. So if that's the case, do you, you know, is that a sign that you're willing to sacrifice any of your other five options in those roles? Um, Probably, uh, I would guess. But yeah, it's an interesting one for me because, I mean, he absolutely was on fire this year. Like, there's no doubt about it. He, He looks physically strong he he doesn't he has a first touch which i think is a fun thing if you if you look at our attack like i think there's i think there's a lot to like about him you know the the fee is going to be wild though and i think it's probably contingent on do you sell Werner? do you sell potentially pulisic or ziesh do you figure out this loan thing for lukaku because if that's the case there's certainly money to play with um I'd be I'd be intrigued by this one. So here here's kind of the wrap on the on the Bundesliga stats for him, right? So it's interesting to call him physical too because he's 24. He's only five eight and a half and 152 pounds. But again, he's dense with that strength. Play, plays bigger than he is. I'll say that. So 
This is his breakout season. He And this is just in the Bundesliga. 20 goals, 13 assists. Yeah, that's okay. But last season, six goals, six assists. Then his first year in the Bundesliga, he only had five goals, but he had 13 assists. So you can kind of see how this is is going. And you'd assume that he probably played in different positions a little bit from one year to another. Um, but again, the guy, like he had a 14.8 XG. I think Kai Havertz was our team leader with like a 12-something. Um, and, and as you can just tell, was an absolute machine. So Chelsea are really going to have to do some digging to kind of make sure that this isn't, you know, a one-hit wonder. Uh, kind of like that Navicata where he had that season that if you looked at his player graph from Stats Bomb and everybody, Everyone it was the him. most well, it was the most unreal yeah. like season statistically. Like it will never happen again. He was so good. Um and 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 so you just want to make sure that you don't buy on Cuckoo off of one good season and make sure that he has some um, sustainability with that. But if you're looking at tackers, like it has to be one in, one out, uh, the way things are going. Like the last thing we need, Nick, is another attacker. But maybe that's like a cheeky little Timo Werner swap where he goes back home. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. That would not be terrible. Yeah, obviously we'd have to pay uh, well uh, in, in excess of just Timo for that. Uh, but as one door opens, as you wrote here in the script, uh, one door closes. The the operation. It's okay, an operation. I love the way that <laughs> Le Parisien does does their. It's just so official and so buttoned up. It's great. So they 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 tweeted the operation for Tuchemeni to Real Madrid dun, should be completed dun, 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 in the dun, next few dun, hours. Dun, 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 dun. According to a source familiar with the matter, maybe even as early as Wednesday as we record on Thursday and it is still not done, he will sign it for a transfer fee up to 100 million euros including a bonus and like you said from La Parisienne. Uh, so I think it's pretty clear that that ship has sailed, which is weird because I thought Madrid were out and they weren't going for him. Liverpool were going to get him, maybe Chelsea in the running. But um, when you win the Champions League, you can kind of do what you want. The, the weird one was PSG coming in at the end. Um, PSG and Real Madrid uh, have a fun thing going on right now. Um, uh, PSG and Barcelona also have a fun thing going on right now where it's, it's uh, who can screw who over the most. And so it's... Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like, you know, the way that the Chelsea sale happened and all that stuff, uh, plus the fact that, you know, despite those of the club who uh, know what they're talking about, uh, who wanted him last year, apparently he was not ready, but is now a 100 million pound player. So um, good job, guys. Nailed it. Only someone would have told us about it. The the sound you hear is Joe Tweed's weeping in the corner. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Slamming his head against just. the wall. <laughs> Um, all right, another defender uh, joining the ranks, which we obviously need. It sounds like uh, Jules uh, Kunde is all but complete. So the Telegraph tweeting, uh, a.k.a. Matt Law, that Chelsea hopeful of signing Sevilla defender Jules Kunde, the first of at least two center backs they are after. Um, so again, the fee being quoted in the region of 42 million pounds, possibility of add-ons. Could be enough. I don't even think that was enough last summer. You know, remember Sevilla were like, oh, you really want him? Oh, shit. Well, then, sorry. The price was actually 60. We we didn't think you were serious. Well, 42 would be semi-reasonable. Um, that if, if we could pull that off, that would be pretty neat. Um, so, you know, I think, I think the fact that he wants to come is a fun thing for us, like a player that wants to be at Chelsea. Who, who would have thought? 
that that would be something that I would I would look for in a player. Look, I mean, he's he's not the profile of defender that I would sign. He, I am five ten, one hundred and fifty four. I am taller than him uh, by by one and one half inches. But um, you know, look, if if Thomas Tuchel lets him, then let's give Thomas Tuchel what he wants. Uh, that's kind of the transfer policy that I have this summer after all the bullshit that uh, he has been through. So look, I mean. Alaba is five ten and a half. You know they they kind of profiled next to him, so they're they're very similar builds. Um, even you know uh, the the departing Antonio Rudiger. You know he's six three. So I think that's kind of the comparison you can have, right? Christensen was I'm was well over six foot as well. So uh, it, you just kind of have to see how it goes. He would definitely be a highly mobile um, uh, defender. Uh, look, he's right footed. Um, He's he's 23, you know, pushing 20, 24. So again, adds to the young core of potentially long term term players. Uh, he played 2,700 minutes in La Liga with 32 matches, uh, started 31 of them. This season before, he played in 34, started 33, 2,900 minutes. He had 2,300. He had 3,300. Uh, his his last season in France, like the guy has played 13,000 minutes uh, since 2017. He is a consistent. Um, high minutes guy. He can go the distance. You're not going to see a lot out of him offensively, you know, because obviously he's not a towering center back that's going to come in and crash set pieces. He had two goals and one assist in the last two seasons each. So, um, you know, it, if it worked for Asby's build, Nick, why would we assume it can't work for Jules Kunde at this point? And look, he's got a bit of an attitude. Sla- he slammed the ball in the back of was it Jordi Alba's head and playing Barcelona that one day. That made me like him a lot more personally. I agree. But, I yeah. agree. A little bit of edge. We could use a little bit of edge with Antonio Rudiger leaving. So maybe, yeah. All right. Uh, some goalkeeper news, which is great that you put this in all caps to really catch my attention. I got you with that <laughs> one, did I? Yeah. Uh, apparently Naz has an exclusive interview with Gabriel Gaga Salonina, um, and an American goalkeeper. Can you believe it? Apparently Chelsea are looking to make a second push for him. Um, after seeing their deal collapse over mm, sanctions, tough thing to get around. Uh, the problem is now that, uh, Real Madrid have brought competition. So it looks like Madrid are looking for him as well. Uh, Nick, I actually have no idea about this American. Do you? Well, you wouldn't because he plays in MLS, and and that is like for who? Uh, Chicago. So, uh, ah, so yeah, shit club. They've got Jordan Shakiri. Yeah. So it's uh, look. He's a he's a big, tall, <laughs> drink of water man. I mean, like he's he's played really well for Chicago. I think. Um, this is a, a guy who is like one for the future, clearly not ready, you know, kind of like Matt Turner going to Arsenal, uh, clearly not a player at 18 years old that is going to play uh, immediately at Chelsea, especially with uh, the world's best goalkeeper, Edouard Mendy, between the sticks right now. But if you're able to move Kepa this summer um, and you're able to give Nathan Baxter or take Nathan Baxter back in as number two, or bring in Slanina as a number two to just get experience. There's a lot of good that can happen there. Um, I think uh, from from that perspective, there shouldn't be a whole lot of expectation for minutes or whatever. But uh, you could also see if Chelsea were able to pull this off that they would loan him back to sh- Chicago until their season is up in December or whatever, and see where it goes from there. 
So he's 18. He's 6'4", 194 from Illinois. So he's homegrown for them. Built. And he's only taking a, he's a, yeah, big dude. a supplemental slots, 21 through 24. So uh, he's played in 14 games this season, 1,200 minutes already. He started all 14. Um, and he actually just somewhat recently announced his decision to represent the U.S. men's national team. Um, Between that he, and, and Poland, right? Poland, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, see Lewandowski, he's uh, going to stay stateside, which is exciting. So, um, again, an 18-year-old goalkeeper, you're thinking, we, you know, we just talked to Phil about, you know, Baxter and Jamie Cumming and all these other guys that are probably a little bit ahead, but the guys playing in the first division in America, you just have to decide how much value you put in in kind of the minutes ha- being had in, in the MLS. So, um, but interesting obviously interesting to to hear you see you definitely feel like he's one for the future for the club yeah but i mean the fact that like chelsea and real madrid are after him should tell you something crazy yeah crazy uh midfield priorities uh expected chelsea tweeting that our two best midfielders angola kante and mateo kovacic cannot be relied upon to play serious minutes kova hasn't crossed 23 90 minute matches since 2015 angola kante Hasn't crossed 24 90-minute matches since 2019. He goes on to say, I have no idea why the club slash fan base is overlooking the situation. Our midfield is bad right now. And it's hard to argue. Yeah, this really stuck out to me because in our best and worst do's and don'ts, you're going to see a lot of uh, midfielders uh, that rhyme with nice uh, mentioned. And... Uh, that to me is uh, is because of what our friend expected Chelsea says here. The fact that neither one of them have have crossed 25 90s in God a long time. The COVID thing's crazy since 2015. He's not that old. <laughs> he should. I mean, I know he's at Madrid and probably wasn't playing as much, but like Conte with all of his injuries too. I mean, these are. These are players who are only good for so long in a year. And I think whereas we've been saying, oh, we have to manage N'Golo Conte now, you have to manage uh, Mateo Kovacic. You have to manage both of these players as good as they can be and as dynamic as they can be uh, together. I mean, you you can't rely on that. The, Chelsea played 63 matches this year. Exactly. Kovacic, <laughs> Kovacic did not play a full 90 in 40 of those 63 matches. I mean... Just be honest about it. Like it's it's kind of a crazy thing to look at. And uh, look, I I think the midfield is an area where we should be looking seriously. Yeah, Kova. Uh, he played in twenty five Premier League matches. He only started sixteen. Um, that is and, wild. By the and way, and of those, like yeah, only had sixteen starts out of thirty eight Premier League matches. Um, played in twenty five total. But again, that doesn't even tell you how many. Um, you know, 90 minute one. Oh, he played 17.3 90 minute matches, whatever that comes out to be. It's not a lot. Uh, expected Chelsea is nailing this right now. Um, and the bigger problem, Nick, is they're very crucial players for us. And if we can't rely on them, then we need good players around them, or from a depth standpoint, they can carry the load when they aren't able to go. Like, you know, maybe you have to save them for the top six, the Champions League, things like that. And you need people who can go to, um, is Burnley still in the Premier League? I genuinely can't even remember. No, they're not. 
They're really okay. not. They're so out. Fuck you, Burnley. <laughs> so you have to go to Leeds. You have to go to uh, Leicester City, you know, Everton, and, and do a job in those matches. Uh, that's a huge, huge thing. And I said that in that TikTok, too. Uh, was like our, our biggest area that we need to reinforce next season is the midfield. I mean, I know Luka Modric is, you know, one of one in the world, but that pass that he did, uh, you know, to essentially knock us out of the Champions League against Real Madrid, um, you see what, uh, you know, that midfield has produced for those attackers. It's insane. And it is clearly difference makers, uh, yeah. you know, with this group. So um, midfielders, we need them. Well, it, it puts us into a situation, Brandon, to, you know, to listen to our friends, the listeners uh, who, yeah. uh, you know, we put out a prompt today. And by we, I mean me uh, put out a prompt today that says uh, we're going to take a look at the past, your best and worst signings of the last 25 years. I kind of just put a time box on it. And Easy. then your do's and don'ts, the the one player that you want and the one player that you, you want to avoid. Um, and so, you know, without getting too negative on these players, obviously, just, you know, trying to have a little bit of lighthearted fun here. Um, but look, if we ask the question, Brad, we have to be ready to answer said question. Mm-hmm. And we are ready to answer that question before we get into our Discord and Twitter uh, followings uh, thoughts. Look, the, the fun part, with the uh, best signing at Chelsea's, we have had a ton. You really can't go wrong here. It really comes down to subjective uh, opinions. Look, I was going to go Petr Cech, but if I was just trying to like be as pure as I could in this answer, I mean, it's Frank Lampard, you know, greatest ever Chelsea player. Um, and then I put for worse was Jilaboji. Nothing against him. Jilaboji. <laughs> it just made no sense. Oh, my God. And Never forget. Didn't, didn't he just play like three minutes or something like that for Chelsea? He came on in the stoppage time as a sub. Jilaboji is such it. a good call there. God. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, look, I feel bad for the guy, but like his time at Chelsea was summed up in this duration. That was it. <laughs> Blinken, so. you missed it. Legend Poppy Jilaboji, I'd say, is my worst signing. And again, nothing against him. It just it didn't make any sense. Uh, all right, do your do and don't for the upcoming transfer window because you have you have a couple of interesting ones here. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I keep talking about the the midfield window, but it seems like all the players were were ta- targeted with are attackers. Uh, and again, I'm like, okay, we we have a bunch of those, but since we are uh, like Robert Lewandowski is a free transfer. He scored. 175 goals last season, I think. Um, you, he is worth a, a punt. Like, he's got something to prove, I think, if he comes in a new league. He's still hungry. He's walking away from Bayern. Like, that's not a bad situation that he's got there. Um, but he he wants a new challenge, and I think that that shows a, a lot of character for him. And I would love to have uh, Lewandowski, uh, you know, pumping in goals for us, even as for it's a couple seasons, like I'm good. Uh, on the flip side, I'd stay away from Lataro Martinez because fuck Inter Milan. <laughs> like, I don't want to help them at all. I don't want to do a swap. I don't want to swap plus cash. Um, I think he's a good player, but it just goes back to the principle of Inter Milan absolutely ha- took us for one last season. And I want to do nothing but sink them even further into debt than they already are. So uh, me just being extremely emotional on the second one has nothing to do with the player. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to do best and worst. 
Uh, best in Golo Conte. Come on. What, what are we talking about? Um, if you remember our midfield before in Golo Conte got here, slow, um, not as athletic. Some good playmaking in there from Old Susk, but not not necessarily the, the thing that you need to compete in the Premier League. The minute he gets here, we win the league. He wins play Back-to-back league winner. So, I don't know. And as it was man of the match in the Champions League run, has basically won everything there is to win, too, at Chelsea. Uh, just the best. Loving Golo nope. Conte. Nobody asked you to defend him. Was not needed. <laughs> he is. He's a wonderful player. Don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, the worst mini. <laughs> is his former midfield partner at Leicester, Danny Drinkwater. Old Daniel had a real rough turn at Chelsea. And the reason I would have him over, you know, a player like Jill Boji or any of the other, you know, we will have some fun ones in here that, <laughs> that you'll see is because he costs 32 million pounds. We pursued him over two transfer windows. You know, I just, it just is, it's a shocking one. Um, so yeah, I, I look at that, uh, and, and, you know, I'm kind of just uh, curious as to how that'll work. I'm making a last minute, uh, do and don't. Okay. I'm doing, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a last minute one because it's interesting that you and I are both piling out of Bayern. Yes. Yes, we are. And actually both of my options were out of Bayern. I saw um, that. And so I, I look because expected Chelsea really rattled me to my core with, with his Kovacic and Conte uh, analysis. I'm, you know what? Leon Goretzka, he is basically a super soldier. Uh, they pumped him up with a bunch of, uh, let's call it Vita race uh, for lack of me getting in trouble. And uh, he is built for tough, ready for the Premier League, ready to storm and and make tackles, interceptions, distribute the ball. He gets in for the occasional goal, too, which would be, I don't know, a novel concept for our midfield. And, uh, and yeah, Leon Goretzka, why not? Just just go get him. Uh, the one I would avoid is Dembele. I don't want him. I, I think he's injury prone. I think he has an attitude problem. Uh, I know Tuchel wants him, so it goes against my give him what he wants, Jules Koundé theory. But uh, I just, I don't know, something doesn't feel super right to me about that. So that's what I would do. Uh, Goretzka, the only weird thing is that uh, he doesn't have a lot of minutes. Uh, and I and I think that probably goes down to being Bayern, right? It's hard to get minutes in that team. You know, in the Bundesliga, he's gotten 1,500 minutes three years ago. Um, or two years ago, sorry. Last year, he got 1,700 minutes. This year, 1,400 minutes. He only played in 19 Bundesliga's matches, 24 the previous two seasons. Um, so it's kind of interesting. But from a goals and assists, he's he's um, consistent, albeit not much, though, Nick. He's uh, uh, six goals, five assists two seasons ago, five goals, five assists last season, and three and three this season. So, um, But again, you want him to be industrious. You want him to create. Uh, essentially, he can be uh, a number 10, 8, or 6 for this team. Uh, and so, you know, he's he, they've definitely profiled him like a, gun, a Gundogan. You know, he's probably going to sit a little bit further, uh, create yep. possession, but has an eye for a pass. And um, I, I would be quite in favor for that. Did he run his contract down too? I don't know. You've done, on it. you've done more researching than I have on this one. The, what I would d- say here is like, if you're like, hey, Nick, you'd want Leon Goretzka over Declan Rice, you fucking moron. The answer is no. But everyone mm-hmm. that you're going to see in our 
do's and don'ts has Declan Rice. So I was trying to do something a little bit different and a little bit interesting. The other one that I had in my do, I'm going to cheat here and do two of them is Serge Gnabry. I think Serge Gnabry is awesome. I think he presses. He's super physical, has played a ton of minutes. That that run that he was on a couple of years in the Champions League was absolutely fucking crazy. Uh, what he was able to do in combination with Lewandowski and Thomas Muller and, and things like that. So, yeah, he's another one that I would love. But uh, we move. We move. Yeah, uh, Goretzka's under contract to 2026. But, you know, Byron's willing to deal. They've got riches in that club when it sure. comes to players. All right, our boy Quick Shot on Discord saying, favorite Eric. saying for me, ha- yeah, it has to be Hazard as least favorite, Yassi Benayoun. Ooh, that's that was a, a good weird one. one. That was yeah. a weird one, man. Ugh. Liverpool swap back then. Uh, it was early days in my distaste for Liverpool, and I always just kind of associated him to that club. Love to see Hakimi or Rice. I'd avoid any striker from Germany or Italy. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Eric. Look, man, fair enough. There's not, you know, Yassi Benayoun is a good one. Damn. Yeah, you want to take the next one? Sure. Uh, ben Stanzel, favorite hazard. That will be a consistent trend amongst this. Least favorite Lukaku for reasons that we Recency all know. Recency bias. Uh, <laughs> Do Declan Rice, obviously, do not Neymar. Matt kind of laughed. Matt Law, we call him Matt now, uh, for short. (laughs) Matt kind of laughed the Neymar one off, so I don't think you're in in too much danger there, Ben. Doesn't seem like a Chelsea signing. No. Um, You have to deal with too much around him. Uh, Mr. Spock says, one favorite, Drogba. Love that. Least favorite, every transfer window on hole in the Conte <laughs> second summer window. What was that like? Bakayoko and oh, Zappacosta. Yeah. Zappacosta, yeah. Just garbanzo beans there. Oh, yeah. man. I uh, said to Thomas Tuchel, need to lock him in long term. No one better. Uh, players come second. So he's saying do Tuchel and don't. He says stop gap signings that fill a need for this season or in the short term. Too many answers for this. Uh, definitely taking the uh, the thirty thousand foot view, I think, with that one, Nick. A little little stability option, I like that. Aerith Muggle, Shane, huge friend of the pod, favorite, and I love this one. Juan Mata, absolute Absolutely. dime yeah. of a player, loved him, and he's now and not at United. Oh yeah, uh, just a wonderful human being. D- so dynamic when he was here. Oh my god, uh, and then Boo. Higuain, that's a really good one. Um, and then he did the, uh, was a little creative with his do and don't. He did the Drake no meme. Any young, unproven midfielder or attacker, fair play. Drake yes meme. Uh, any top tier season midfielder or striker. So you're he's painting with a very broad brush there, Brandon. Broad mm-hmm. brush, but seems to be, you know, in line with what I would think. Yeah, Phil have words. Uh, Nikhil saying uh, favorite signing was Hazard. Uh, least favorite is actually a manager signing, Rafa Benitez. Uh, and then if you take players, he had Marate, Iguain, Bakioko, Juan Sebastian Verón, actually. Uh, digging back in the time caps a little bit there. Uh, he says, uh, due for signings, he would like to see Alfonso Davies. Ooh, that this was is a spicy. great one, by the way. This is a fantastic mm-hmm. Idea. Is he left sided too? Oh yeah, he he might be the most like incredible athlete in world soccer. 
Yeah. Well, he's Canadian. What a bummer. <laughs> Sorry, I, I kid with our Canadian friends. I think Nikhil is in Canada, so that actually makes sense. Uh, signing to avoid an injury-prone Neymar. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, that kick that down the road. All right, Mr. Stick. Favorite, Hazard. Least favorite, Bakayoko. So many, though. Yeah, fair enough. Please do, Declan Rice. I see no downside. Worst case, we overpay for something that is good and wholesome and long-lasting. Fantastic. Uh, please don't. No more wingback specialists. I'm dying for a back four, even if it's not every match. I feel like we benefit would have benefited from this this year after losing Reese and Chile, but didn't have the fullbacks nor DM. Please see above. Uh, so no more wingback specialists from Mr. Stick, which I, you know, I, I see his point. Yeah. Well, I think that's what everyone's talking about. It's like we need to kind of have a, a longevity to signings rather than in the moment signings, which is, in you know, technical director, you know, Michael Manalo. There's just a lot of different things that play in into Chelsea. Uh, Eosine saying, uh, favorite player, Michael Ballack, though I was really excited for Verone. <laughs> and then it's the, the I don't know, how do you explain that emoji? The, it's what? like the E. The cheeky emoji. grin? Yeah, yeah, like, ew, about that. Uh, uh, his worst was Kepa spending $72 million on a player I'd literally never heard of, seemed bad at the time, and never got better. Uh, he says, dude, Declan Rice feels like he'd be transformative. Don't mm. anyone who is a clear and obvious backup, that's what the Academy is for, uh, fills back on track. <laughs> Anyways. PRP, favorite signing in Brandon's uh, frame, which I'm really shocked that he didn't put in his own. Petter Cech. Yeah. Lovely. Wonderful guy. Wonderful player. Uh, least favorite, Danny Drinkwater, after my own heart. Uh, signing I'd love, Declan. Signing to avoid, Neymar, and depth signings. Done and done. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of copy-paste. Like I said, I, I thought Petr Cech was the emotional one. I went with the kind of the real one. Uh, you're never going to hear me say anything bad about Big Pete. Juro saying favorite, Bronislav Ivanovic. Absolute Ooh. hero for okay. Chelsea. Uh, least to Mubakioko. Uh, he his due is Kaludu Kulabali, which is interesting. Talk okay. about player out of contract or on the cheap, uh, experienced, um, and then avoid Neymar. Duh. Bill of Rights favorite Hazard least favorite Drinkwater. Cool, cool. Hopeful Gleason Bremer. Uh, this is one that Matt brought up. Uh, Bundesliga Defender of the Year, I believe. Uh, interesting kind of player. Avoid Neymar. Get the hell out of here, Neymar. No one wants you. The fans have spoken. Wow. Snack says, uh, applause and flowers for Michael Essien. Yeah, Legend. Baby. Come on. I mean, if his knees were worth a shit, uh, un- unbelievable. Um, like the things he did with like broken knees just makes it that much more incredible. Uh, his boo and hiss is for Adrian Mutu. Remember him? Uh, yeah, I do because he got in trouble for partying and uh, didn't he test positive for cocaine? It was an illicit drug. And I don't know if he Chelsea ever got their money back for uh, the the damages he caused. Anyways, he says pretty pretty please Deckers, but Koulibaly is a close second. No, just no is Neymar. More of the same. Uh, T. Clot, uh, I'll rank based on my sentiments at the time of signing the player, uh, which is an interesting way to look at this. Uh, the the one the one that he liked was Torres. Uh, that Roma was taking the piss out of Liverpool. Little did we know his hamstrings were gone. Uh, tough, tough beat for my guy, uh, T-Clot there. Um, bad, Keppa. Blatant panic purchase that was underscored by a record fee and a massive contract, uh, making him a grenade if it didn't work. Uh, that, is, that has become accurate. Uh, the do, Sandro Tonali, 
a holding mid that has a passing range of Sesk and a legitimate athleticism. Sounds great. Where do we sign? Uh, two, don't sign any attacker with a touch comparable to a child to children in a bounce house. I wonder of which this reference is made out of. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, Sandra Tonali, 22 years young, uh, hanging out midfield DM. Uh, he is uh, at Milan, and I think they just got bought, so it's probably going to be hard to get him out of mm-hmm, AC mm-hmm. Milan, but I love the Euro scouting done. Uh, all right, we got Blue Line in 1905, says one favorite, Ingola Kante. It made sense for the price and has paid off tremendously. Least favorite was Radamont Falcao. Made no sense at all. Oh, just coming off an ACL? Oh, man. Yeah, interesting. Must do Declan Rice. A core of Rice Mountain James screams contender for another five to seven years to me to avoid Usman Dembele. I know we need to back Tuchel, but I don't think he's a fit after his poor Barcelona stint. The attitude thing sticks out for me so much, Nick, in which you talked about. So uh, just a few more here. Yep. We're just having some fun. And, you know, yeah, we're past an hour. Suck it up. Um, John Cooper, favorite signing, Tiago Silva. Come on. Easy. Least favorite, drink water. Feel bad for him, but yikes. That's fantastic. Uh, Signing at love, Rice. Signing at avoid, Sterling. Better than Timo, but really not a fan. Okay, fair enough. Uh, So he'd upgrade our team, but we don't want him. Got it. No, I Mm. I get it. Matt Carter says favorite pass was Fabregas. Uh, Least favorite pass was Pato. Remember Fabregas was playing a false nine or as a striker for Barcelona when we picked him up? I'm sure we we rescued uh, that pup. Uh, Summer hopeful Declan friggin Rice. Summer stay away Pau Torres. Ooh, first one for Pau, and it's on the negative too. Yep, yep. Uh, Akona with favorite Diego Costa. That's fantastic. Uh, explanation: He kicked people. <laughs> Agreed. And goals. <laughs> yeah. Least favorite Iguain was never going to work. Present presuming uh, Shomeni is gone. I'd really like to see Ibrahim Singare. Uh, don't know a whole lot about that. Uh, they said they would have avoid Kunde. Uh, Sixty million being touted for him could get us Fafana instead. Interesting. Singari, Singari 24, uh, currently at PSV Eindhoven. So uh, you got a little bit of a, a Dutch adjustment there if he's coming over. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Sachet says, uh, favorite between Hazard or Conte. It's hard to choose between them, leaning towards Hazard. Worst signing, got to be Drinkwater for sure. Uh, present, sign Koulibaly this summer. Avoid Harry Maguire. You know, I don't think he was on the depth chart, Nick, but yeah, I think we can all agree Avoid the banter signing. <laughs> yeah, that would ju- that would be a tragic one. Um, oh, that would be a real man. tragic one. I don't I don't think he's leaving United anytime soon unless they just cancel his contract. So that's uh, that's tough. Chris O'Flynn with favorite Fabregas, least favorite Murata. Like to see Rice. Like to avoid Yvardial. Yvardial hmm. is that how you said that? Guardial. Yeah, I just kind of you smash the first few letters together. So Guardial. Sure. Uh, which, I mean, there's a lot of kind of smoke around him, too, so we'll have to mm-hmm. see. Ollie Glanville, friend of the pod, he says his favorite has to be Zola or Lambord. Oh, his worst, sorry, 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 I'm misreading his tweet. Yeah. His favorite signing ever was Zola. His least favorite was Lambord. And that just shows you that most of us go, who? And we're looking him up. Ollie's been around the block. Uh, he says, do Koulibaly, don't Gvardial. So that's yeah. actually two against Gvardial. Hmm. Okay, interesting. 
Ben White, who puts in uh, parentheses, Chelsea fan, not Arsenal player. Of course, he has to clarify that poor man. I'm sure he gets tagged in so many tweets. Fantastic. Uh, Favorite signing, Frank Frank Lampard, honorable mentions, basically the entire 2012 team. Uh, Least favorite, (laughs) Lukaku. I didn't see John O.E. McKell. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, he's not in there. I love O.E. McKell. Uh, least favorite Lukaku, terrible business, new signing, Declan Rice, bring him home. Let's go. You can't be afraid to right your wrongs, Chelsea. I don't care if there's like, oh, we're dumb for letting him leave. Nope. Be smart for getting the best players available. Uh, Eric, uh, saying best Hazard, worst Marata. do Rice, don't Sterling. And then finally, in, in this enormous section, C flow, uh, Petr Cech, Best ever, worst ever, Murata. I'm surprised we didn't see more Murata, actually. Uh, I think he's been covered up by Lukaku's nonsense, actually, which is interesting. Uh, Second is uh, Du Kunde, do not Neymar. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, a complete alignment on that one. Uh, All right, well, look, I made a new section of the podcast, Brandon, called Small Club News. Tell us what's going on. I, I couldn't tell you what small club news is after this season. Um, but Matt Law, friend of the pod, Matt, uh, mm. he says Antonio, he tweeted Antonio Conte is going to stay on as Tottenham Hotspur head coach. And then he quote tweets saying, this is not only great news for Tottenham, but also great news for the Premier League. Conte is right up there with Guardiola, Klopp, and Tuchel is one of the best managers in the world. And he is box office for fans and journalists. Boo. Boo. I saw Boo. I saw a tweet today that uh, it, they like statistically broke down the new manager bump. And essentially it was like, you know, um, uh, Rafa to Lampard was like a straight up and down line just a little bit. And then you had like Jesse Marsh from Bielsa. It was like a pretty big diagonal. And then the one that was just crazy and like um who was it whoever was at newcastle to eddie howe right like that was a big jump the biggest jump that just masked everything else on that graph was nuno to conte i mean they went from 10th to fourth and in in two-thirds of a season or less and so it sucks for the rest of us and apparently if tottenham have some money to spend on signings the thing with Conte is you kind of trade your soul a little bit, right, Nick? You're probably only going to get a couple seasons, but if you commit to him, they're going to be really successful seasons. And then when he leaves, you're going to be left with a broken mess. I mean, think about Diego, Diego Costa being able to leave the way he did. Like, crazy. It'll burn bright, and it will burn out. That's what that will do. Um, he's, a, he's a beautiful lunatic, um, and, you know, It'll be interesting to see which bridges he burns along the way, but uh, entertainment nonetheless. And let's hope that he says the level of the Tottenham is not so good multiple times next year. All right. Well, hey, that's it. Uh, obviously, go follow Matt, Naz. You know, those are do- our go-to homies. Uh, our boys at The Athletic, Simon and Liam, uh, trusted sources. Uh, it, the silly season is out there. I'm already seeing tweets that we've signed Dembele from an, an un verified user and it's like trending so just remember there's a difference between rumors and news 
uh, take care of your mental stability. It's going to be a long summer uh, with the new uh, Bully Blues. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us. It was a fun little random uh, pod that we had to throw together uh, while we stalled yeah. for the the Tinkerman boys to to get their act together. But they're going to be coming out with a couple episodes next week, uh, which will be good. Hopefully get Phil back on for an Academy season recap. But a uh, good little Thursday night, Nick. Of course. And we're, we'll be back with all the breaking stuff as it happens per usual. It's summertime. So you'll get summer pods at random. I know. It's good stuff. All right. Well, listeners, take care of yourselves. Enjoy yourself. Have yourself a fine weekend. Hopefully most of our American listeners are, are caught up to work after a long holiday weekend. And our UK listeners having their bank holiday weekend, I believe, this weekend. So anyone and everyone enjoying some time off. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.